Yo, what's going on everyone? Welcome to a special bonus episode of A Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that reimagines what society considers normal. Each week I interview different guests about the topics they're most passionate about. And this week I decided since we all have so much time that we're spending in quarantine and that we're spending inside because of the coronavirus, COVID-19, I decided this was a good time to reach out to some podcast guests that I've been wanting to speak to for a while and give an extra bonus episode. Why the hell not? We're all inside watching Netflix, playing video games, spending time with our families, doing whatever the hell we're doing. Why not put out some more content? And that way, when the week rolls around, we got some more content that we can listen to in the background. So special bonus episode of Pretty Normal Podcast. Why the hell not? We will have this episode dropping today. March 21st, Saturday, as well as the usual weekly show that comes every Sunday. So two different guests. I'm not going to announce who the guest for tomorrow is, but that is a dope episode. So make sure you subscribe when that drops. That's going to be sick. But tonight's episode is going to be a fantastic one. Got a great guest on. Before then, I wanted to continue these weekly monologues that I've been doing. I started last week. I gave my uh, COVID-19 update on what me and my wife were doing during our time in quarantine and i wanted to keep that going but this week i wanted to do something a little different this week i wanted to talk a little bit about the future because right now the present is pretty alarming everybody's freaking out rightfully so shit is crazy economy's going down everybody's got to stay inside nobody knows when the hell we're getting any type of financial aid so everybody's freaking out but why not take this time to learn from what's going on and to envision some type of future. So I wanted to start off by speaking about things that I hope I see society changes after this, the things that society really looks at after this, learns from, and then moves forward. So the first thing is I saw a great, fantastic meme. It said all those times that your boss told you you couldn't work from home were bullshit because now everybody is, if they can, if you could work from home, which a lot of people can, unless you're doing uh, some type of physical labor or you're in a setting that has to be client facing or you need to be somewhere where you're working on your feet. Most people can work remotely at this point. I have seen companies that at one point said, no, can't do that. Not possible. Can't work from home. I, I don't like it. They have been struggling not struggling they've been clamoring to find a way to turn their staff into a and b teams some type of teams where they could send them home here in new york at this point businesses all have to be 100 percent from home unless they are essential businesses so businesses are home staff is home there ain't no a and b team but before this employers were looking at a and b teams to send fucking team a home for one week team b to stay in the office the other week they figured it out People can work from home. People can work remotely. That is a thing. That has been a thing. We have the internet. More people can work remotely. I understand traditional employers that just aren't cool with it yet. You know, they think people will be home slacking off and shit. But productivity continues. I hope after this, society starts to incorporate more remote work. More employers do something like, you know, Friday remote work days or something like that. That's the first thing I want to see. All right, drinking some water here. Second thing I want to see is more focus on diet and supplements to fight bacterias. I had a great conversation with the homie SRV. He was one of the guests from the Digital Nomads episode, and I spoke with him, and he's a healthy-ass dude. I know that he... he 
I know he, he's doing great. If he gets COVID-19, which knock on wood, he does not, he will be fine because that dude has been talking to me about supplements and just herbal herbal uh, supplements and diet dietary things for a long time. So I hope society puts more of a focus on that because these are things that they help fight off bacteria and it would have been perfect right now. It would have been so perfect. And something that I've noticed like that people are freaking out about is here in America, we have a lot of obesity. We have high rates of obesity. There's no way around it. I am cool with plus size models. I'm cool with anybody being cool in their own skin. And I'm cool with people not getting shamed and bullied because they are one type of body type that is not what is seen in magazines and media and in pop culture. I'm cool with that. But that does not mean I am not concerned about obesity rates and diabetes and other things that come with it. So this, I hope, showed people like, yo, we got to be healthy because when a pandemic like this strikes, we're worried about people that are elderly and people with underlying health conditions. So I hope more people just get into dietary supplements and things that help fight off bacteria more. Let me drink some water because I got a lot to say. Hey, shout out everybody still working out there. Shout out all the delivery drivers and everything. Third thing I want to see, more bipartisanship from Congress. God damn it. And I don't mean bipartisanship where they're both in favor of fucking starting wars and sending more fucking people off to die in fucking the Middle East. Not that type of bipartisanship. What we're seeing right now, both sides, Republicans, Democrats coming together to send aid to families desperately needed financial aid checks 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 send those motherfucking checks in the mail americans need that shit right now i don't want to hear nothing about no unemployment because all the employees that are furloughed that are at zero hours all the 1099 contract independent contractors cannot file for unemployment and if you want to tell me okay we're gonna beef up unemployment so that now these people do qualify i say that shit is gonna take too goddamn long send fucking checks right now there is no means testing there is no verifying there is no saying okay you're worthy you're not send the checks more bipartisanship more of both sides caring about workers and fucking the middle class and that's what i want to see not not bipartisanship to fucking cut taxes for the rich not bipartisanship to send start more fucking wars bipartisanship to fucking hate on legalizing marijuana no bipartisanship that focuses on the worker that's what i want to see that's what we're seeing right now there are the corporate Democrats, the corporate Republicans that are still taking advantage, still being dicks. Fucking Senator Lindsey Graham, people like that, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Send the checks. Send the goddamn checks. Number four, I want to see society appreciate the workers who are most at risk and who have been most needed. I don't ever, 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 ever want to see another goddamn meme comment that says, oh, Fast food workers and and people in supermarkets, that's low-skill jobs. High schoolers use those. Oh, they they're just doing those jobs until they get they move on up in the world. No, 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 no. These people are important. And that is one thing that we're fucking seeing right now is that these people are highly important. Shout out all the supermarket workers, all the people in grocery stores, all the delivery drivers that are still out there getting food to people who can't cook, like the elderly that are home and cannot cook, have nobody there. Shout out the delivery drivers. Shout out everybody in the healthcare industry. Shout out everybody. 
we really got to stop looking at jobs like low skill job, white collar job, blue collar job. They're goddamn jobs, man. They're fucking important. They're made for a reason. Somebody's got to do them and they they all add value. So I want to see more appreciation of all workers. And finally, the last thing I want to see is more respect for nature. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but they're saying in an article that dolphins are returning to Italy's coast. Venice's beaches, uh, Venice's canals are finally clear water where you could see the fish in them. There was images of China before all this and after where the pollution has highly reduced. So that's what I want to see. Nature is hitting reset. That's what that's a meme I saw. Nature is hitting reset on all this. After all this, let's not just go back to the fucking usual of treating the earth like shit and just fucking polluting and, and caring more about corporations than our planet. Let's really learn from this. Like, who doesn't want to see fish when they're out? Tourists, when you are in Venice on tourism, isn't it cool to see fucking fish? Who doesn't want to see dolphins on the coast? Who wants to see garbage? Shit looks bad. I don't care who you are. Garbage is bad. <laughs> All right, so that's what I want to see. So those are five things that I hope society changes after this. I hope we really look at things and we learn from our mistakes and we move forward and we don't just go back to the old way of things and then another pandemic hits or we just forget. That would be a damn shame, man. Let's use this as a time to learn. Those are five things that I want to see change in the future. So now let's get back to this episode that concludes my monologue that concludes my weekly update man so everybody stay safe during all this now let's proceed to the interview let me give a shout out to our guest of the week this week i had the opportunity to the opportunity to interview marlise hardeman the ceo and founder of transformation speaks an organization dedicated to giving a voice to the voiceless and moving victims from tragedy to triumph she is also project woman's 2019 christless award winner Chrysalis Award winner for her commitment to ending domestic violence and lifting the voice of survivors. Her story is incredibly powerful and I applaud her so much, so much for having the courage to open up about her experience with sexual abuse and for taking her time and her experiences and her trauma and creating a platform where she now tries to help and tries to give back and tries to give a voice to these people who were victims and survivors of sexual abuse this is this is really tough stuff and this was an amazing episode so without further ado you know make sure you subscribe to the show so you get notified every time a new episode drops enjoy this special bonus weekly episode of a pretty normal podcast my name is xavier diaz and you are now listening to a pretty normal podcast we need to stop hiding the truth and letting the victim continue to be victimized because it's like a sore. If you cover the sore, it never heals. It's only when you expose it to the air does healing begin. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's what the Me Too movement is about. It's about exposing the, the things that have happened to the air so that they can heal. You're listening to a pretty normal podcast, a show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought-provoking moments that make up our lives. My name's Xavier Diaz, and I want to hear your story.
Thank you for coming on, by the way. Oh, you are welcome. Okay, I think we are recording. So I am here with Marlise Hardiman, the CEO of Transformation Speaks, which is an organization. Hold on, let me get my notes here. One second. Let me do let me do a better better introduction than that. Okay, so I am here with Marlise Hardiman, CEO of Transformation Speaks an organization dedicated to providing a voice for the voiceless and moving victims from tragedy to triumph. Hello, Marlise. Thank you so much for coming on this call with me today. Thank you for coming on to the interview in such short notice. I found you thanks to Facebook, thanks to the internet. There's great groups out there that connects podcast hosts and guests all alike. So thank you for coming on. How are you today? I am great. How are you? And thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. I, I saw your, your website, Transformation Speaks, and damn, what a story. Reading that about me was crazy. And that's one thing that I want to do today. I want you to tell the story uh, the way it's written in your about me so that people can get an understanding of who you are, what you do, and what led you to this point. Okay. Um, like you said, my name is Marlise Hardman. Um, I have been a victim of both sexual assault and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. um, actually, the first time I went through sexual assault and domestic violence, I was about six years old. And it was for a period of about two years in which we had let, ran from an abusive father into a home where my mother felt I would be safe. And um, the husband in the house took that opportunity to uh, sexually assault me on a continuous basis. And real quick, that was that was your biological father? Um, well, my biological father was physically abusive to my mother. Mm -hmm. And we left while she escaped running um, to another city. And we lived with a family who was, she had assumed would protect her and die and my sister. And um, instead, after about a year, he began sexually assaulting me. That family member as well. Right. So this started very early on and it happened with a couple different family members, which is horrible. People that you know, people that you trust. That second one is really heartbreaking because your mother escaped there thinking that she would be safe. And then did she ever find out about this second family member doing this? Um, actually, um, he passed, and I just never honestly had the heart to tell her. Um, even though she hears my story, we've never had a conversation about it because I just felt, you know, sometimes you have to forgive and you have to let things go. And it wasn't like she was trying to put me in danger. For a matter of fact, she actually was trying to save my life. She was trying to so take So I away. just felt like it was not, uh, it has, and she's still alive. It was never the, the right thing to do to poison to her because I felt like I already knew the answer. I already knew why she did what she did. Mm -hmm. And it would just break her heart more to find out that her attempt to rescue me actually harmed me more. Put you in more danger and Why? i read from your website that wasn't the last time that you had become that you were uh, a victim 
of assault and abuse. Later on in your life, this happened again at the age of 16? Yes, when I was 16, uh, again. And they weren't a family member, they were just a friend of my mother's um, network, of her circle. Mm -hmm. And she convinced me because, of course, being sexually assaulted as one, you become very distant, not wanting to engage with people. But she convinced me, you know, why don't you go babysit for my friend? You know, it's her birthday. And I went, and when they came home from their outing, they were intoxicated. She went upstairs, and he came to where I was and, um, again, sexually assaulted me. Um, and that is still a little difficult to talk about, um, to and that she does know about. Wow. Uh, well, I want to say first, thank you for opening up about all this. I, I know it's not easy to talk about things like this, which is why I, I give you so much praise for starting the organization that you have and putting all of this information in your backstory on the website, on your website like this for anybody to read. That's incredibly painful. And did the, so it was a couple. And did the partner know that he sexually assaulted you? Um, again, I, I never had that conversation with her. Uh, mainly because at the second event, it left me feeling humiliated, violated, angry, bitter. Um, I did a lot of self-persecution. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was my fault. There must be something wrong with me. I must be, have, I must have something on my forehead that says victim. Yeah. And so I never said anything to her. Um, and I never, uh, I went, he gave me money. And- For what, uh, for babysitting or me, for? Um, he gave me money, he stuffed money in my mouth the day it happened or the night it happened. But then I was in high school and I needed money that my mom couldn't give me. And I would just call him and say, I need X amount of dollars. And he would give it to me. I mean, we didn't have any interaction. He would just, you know, make sure I got the money, give it to his daughter, to give to me. And so it was hush money. I learned yeah. later on it was hush money. He was keeping, he was paying you to be silent about it. Right. And I did what he, wanted me to do. He wanted me to keep silent. And I really was not in a predicament where I could share it with her. Uh, we were low income. When you're a senior, when you're in high school, you just need things. And I, I took advantage of that. That sounds horrible. But I did what I thought I needed to do to get what I needed to get without putting myself in further, further harm's way, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, completely, yeah. And that's that's really horrible because at that point, you're just taking, you're, you say you're taking advantage of the situation, but at that point, you, you were a victim. Like, there's no way around it that you were a victim. And I guess at that point, you were just using 
whatever means necessary to, to move forward financially. And if that was where the income could come from, from this hush money, you used it. And I don't think you should have any feeling of guilt for what you did. It's, it's really what they did, putting you in that situation to have to make that choice. Um, so I, um, I did graduate high school, amazingly, mm-hmm. and um, I went on to college. And at first, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do because I was so angry and I was so bitter. And I and I don't I make no 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 apology for what I chose to do. I was taking drugs to get up drugs to go to sleep, drugs to maintain, because I didn't feel like there was anyone I could talk to, anybody who would understand and not judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a very angry, angry person. And of all occupations, I chose to become a teacher. Mm. And then realized very quickly that, you know, you got to do drug tests, you got, you know, you got to maintain. So I began stuffing all of that and stopped doing the drugs and stopped doing the things. But I was very angry and very bitter and very mean. Um, But I got past. I put that mask on and just did what I needed to do. Um, I got a job. I I began teaching. I even got married. and had kids still angry, no one really knowing what happened. Um, and then I met a pastor who actually saw past the mask, saw, the, and he said, you're crazy. Nobody's ever told you before that you're crazy, but you really are. Mm-hmm. And um, he took me through the 12 step program, even though at that point I wasn't doing drugs, but it gave me an opportunity to look at myself and figure out, okay, what's going on? And began that process of forgiving and letting go and not blaming myself and not blaming other people and becoming resilient. So now I, and um, from that point on, I began to first see the small group, um, I go to the detention center before, of course, the coronavirus. I was yeah. going to the detention center, going into high schools, anywhere anybody would hear me, to kind of say, look, everybody goes through tragedy. It's what you do on the other side of that that makes the difference. So I use my pain to kind of encourage other people that they can make so that I'm that's why I do what I do because I realize that pain is pain and it comes in all different shapes and all different sizes but recovery is recovery and it comes in the same shape and in the same size yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I really commend you for for your ability to, to, you know, not be angry and to forgive 
and to be able to move forward like that i know it must be incredibly difficult and um when did you start transformation speaks um well and this is an amazing story about a couple of years ago probably i want to say four or five years ago um i i had began um like doing videos lives a big rock that's in my backyard and i called it moments on the rock and i just talked about resilience and um a woman sent me a logo for transformation speaks gave me the name and everything she's from colorado and she said i saw this and i saw you and she sent it to me i didn't pay for it i didn't ask for it and so and i said you know i appreciate it but i'm not doing this i'm just doing some lives to kind of encourage people and about three years ago i decided to use that logo and just begin transformation speaks yeah so you were and still a I teacher before found- that Huh? I'm sorry, you were still a teacher before that? I'm still a teacher now. <laughs> hey, that's great. What what age what age group do you teach? I teach ninth graders um mm. US history. So I'm doing this and I'm teaching and one day I hope to go tr- transformation just become that full time um job. But until I get there it allows me to go to you know i have to be strategic but go into places and not charge them any money and still do what i really feel needs to be done which is just to encourage people to move past their pain hey that's amazing and it's bearing fruit because i saw you were the project woman's 2019 christless award winner for your commitment yeah. to ending domestic violence and lifting the voice of survivors. So congratulations to you. That's an amazing feat. And it seems like you really are uh, moving forward with Transformation Speaks and doing a lot to, to help people. I want to ask about the the age range that you teach the students. Ninth grade is like a critical time where kids are going through puberty. They're learning more about themselves. And they could come into situations that were similar to yours where they were sexually assaulted and they feel like they have no one to turn to. What is something that is being done for students now that may not have been done in the past for you where they can feel more open about talking to th- about things like this so that they don't feel like they're you know just alone and have to bottle it all up? Well, actually, there are a lot more, there are groups now within the school um, who are led by teachers. Teachers are the advisors, but they're really student-ran groups. And um, students can join those groups. And like I go in and I talk with them and the teachers are really open with the kids. Counseling is truly available in schools where at least when I was younger, I didn't feel like they really wanted to know. There's an atmosphere in society that says it's okay to talk. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be transparent. 
Mm-hmm. You have social media. You can like you found me or we found each other through a group. You can join a group, and you don't have to um, use your own picture. You don't have to use your own name, but you can get your story out there, and you can share it with other people. And that wasn't available to me. Or and even though Project Woman was around, they had just started, and they weren't dealing with young people. Whereas today, they go into colleges, they go into high schools, and there's just so many organizations to support you. And they're just a phone call away that they weren't there. It was mm-hmm. like something that was supposed to be hit when I was when it happened to me. And now it's like out in the open. It's exposed. Mm, mm, yeah, very true. And I wanted to ask you how you felt about the Me Too movement, which is a relatively recent thing where now people are coming forward and they're they're outing their sexual abusers. They're putting them in the spotlight and it's, it's way more open and more women are stepping forward talking about this. How do you feel about the recent Me Too movement? I think it's great. I honestly think any movement that allows people to express what's going on, to expose the hidden secrets, is great. Because that's what we need. We need to stop hiding the truth and letting the victim continue to be victimized. Because it's like a sore. If you cover the sore, it never heals. It's only mm. when you expose it to the air does healing begin. Mm. Mm. And I believe that that's what the Me Too movement is about. It's about exposing the the things that have happened to the air so that they can heal. Mm. Beautifully said. And uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, you have two talks, I think, on your website called The Tapestry of a Survivor and Living Life on Your Terms. Can you uh, explain those a little bit more to the listeners? Okay. Um, Tapestry of a Survivor is about the um, healing process and what it takes to heal. It actually goes through the steps of the healing process. And it gives actual applications that you can use. Most of the time when I did, most of the time when I do that talk, I'm doing it with women adult survivors who uh, I can give practical application and then they can connect with me, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, my website, um, one-on-one coaching where I can follow them and be that, that, that person that holds their hand as they cross the street. Because mm-hmm. it is a painful process. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of setbacks and there are lots of, even though society has opened up for you to tell your story, there are still people who don't want this story to be told, who mm-hmm. want you to keep it quiet. And those, sometimes, those are leaders in our community. So it helps you push past those kinds of ideas and perspectives and actually move from tragedy to triumph. 
Um, the other one you asked me about, can you repeat it? That is uh, living life on your terms. Living life on your terms. Um, I just gave that to um, actually um, a group of high school students who are getting ready to go to college because it's about telling them, okay, this is what you should expect. You should make the standard. And everybody should either rise to that standard or you let it go. It's about watching what you put on Instagram and Facebook because you're sending a message and you need to make sure the message that you send fit the life you want to lead, live or the standard you want to have. So it's about living life based on not what someone else would have for you, but what you would have for yourself. Not joining sororities and going half naked just because they tell you that's what you need to do and subjecting yourself to all kinds of humiliation. That's not living life on your terms. That's living your life according to what someone else tells you you should accept just to be part of the group. Mm, mm. Yeah, I and I agree with that because oftentimes those group mentalities of wanting to fit in is what leads people to not speaking out when abuse happens or something happens where they're like, oh, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want this group to look at me bad. I don't want them to oust me or to shun me, uh, you know, and then let's say the abuser was somebody that was friends with the group. They don't want to cause that divide. So they're like, you know, the group might even encourage them. Oh, stay silent about it. So I, I really like the idea of living life on your terms. And I, I appreciate that you do that. I wanted to ask you as well, uh, you are, you seem like a very religious person uh, via your Facebook. Were you always religious? Um, I was born, I was raised in a very religious culture. Um, my father was not religious, but my mother has always been, she has a strong, strong faith. And I do too. Um, none of my abusers were um, Christians or religious or, but I was surrounded with that culture. But unfortunately, even in the church, even in a lot of religious sectors, you would think that I would have been able to run to the church or to some other religious environment and say, you know, this is what happened to me. Help me get through. But they unfortunately, at least at that time, tended to be, keep it quiet. What happens at home stays at home. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that did not discourage me because I realized there's just people. Yeah. Just like you and me and, you know, Stuff is hard for them to deal with, just like you and me. So I'm trying to, that's one of the areas I'm trying to open up conversation with, which is, you know, we need to encourage more women and more youth to stand up and say, this is what's happening to me. We actually need to train our youth to not engage in behavior that may put them at risk. Mm -hmm. And so during all of your um, 
these these acts of, of sexual abuse that you experienced throughout your life at any point did you question you know why is god letting this happen to me over and over and over again like why is why me and you did it ever like you know shake your faith um heard that part and think about that mm-hmm. i don't no. know because when it's the only thing you know um you just hold on to it and you keep and you do question why but you just hold on and believe everything happens for a reason and um i just kind of held on to that that yes this, i think when i was younger and like i was doing the drugs i kind of was on the fence i i was um religious but i did not practice true religion i didn't practice what i call relationship i just went to church cuz that's wrong that i had to do and um i don't think I was really practicing it as much as I was just saying, you know, yes, I go to church. Um, it wasn't till um, I want to say right before I met that pastor did I begin to get serious about okay, I can't get help. I'm, I mean, I even I knew that anger and hostility was eating me up. and i was like i need help help i just need help and when the pastor stepped into my life and got me the help that i needed and was willing to put up with all of my anger because that stuff has to come out he put up with my yelling and my screaming and my tantrums and and i said you know i thought wow there must be something to this mm. that i don't know about and it made me begin to seek deeper what it meant to be to have a relationship with god mm. Mm. and so then i became very you know religious very and i can't even call it religious i became spiritual. very spiritual and god centered because i understood that that was really the only thing that was pulling me through cuz i could have both i could have you know really ran into even in college that situation again because i was putting myself in those kinds of situations uh you know out of anger out of hostility of course so i i guess today i'm even i'm stronger in my faith because of what i've been through and i understand it's the only it was the only way out for me and if it if i got through that way if i open the door other people might be able to get through that same way mm, but mm, it's still going to take work of course yeah and and what you said is true it 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 could easily easily become a never ending cycle where you get abused Why? and then because of that you it leads you to drugs to cope and then that puts you in situations with people who may abuse you even further because right. it's just you you become you become vulnerable 
you're in a state of mind where you're not completely there. So thank you for, for helping people to break that cycle and to give them because I know for me, for a lot of people, it would have been very easy to, to have our faith just shaken like two, three times. How is this still happening to me? There is no such thing as God. God is just wanting me to like to go through all this pain. So it's cool that for you, it actually made it from where religious was like a thing of, you know, I'm just checking off the boxes, go to church, uh, Christmas, uh, you know, go these days and everything to actually then going deeper into a relationship with God, with which is what it should be. It shouldn't be all wow. about, you know, the, the religion and all the organized, everything else. It should be that faith and that connection that you have. And whatever it means to you is, could mean something else to somebody else, but it's what it means to you. I wanted to ask you about, you started making um, Transformation Speaks closed groups for this coronavirus. And for anybody that's feeling, you know, panic or anything, how, how has been the reception and, and what are people really worrying about when it comes to coronavirus that you've seen? Um, it is, I have several people. It, they're all sitting back. I mean, they joined the group. Um, now I'm trying to actually get them to engage because I think there's this fear that if I say something, Somebody else will share that on Facebook in an open forum and I'll be exposed. So I have a lot of people that one-on-one -on -one inbox me who are part of the group, but they won't say anything in the group mm -hmm. because they're, you know, it takes a lot to be willing to be transparent and mm -hmm. vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um they're, but I would say the biggest fear is this isolation. Mm -hmm. Humans weren't meant to be isolated. No, we're social we, creatures. We were, we were born for community. So I, a lot of their anxiety comes from, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I don't, you know, and they don't know. You know, that uncertainty yeah. of what's going to happen each day. Mm -hmm. You know, what are they going to shut down today? How long are we going to be in this house? Um, and what I told a lot of people the beginning is this is an excellent time to work on you. You don't have to run to the grocery store. You don't have to run to work. You can work on you because of the one the internet is wonderful you can take classes online you can read books online you can have books read to you continue to be productive yeah right so um yeah they're concerned about the isolate being isolated and not knowing what's going to happen from one moment to the next. Mm. And of course, they're concerned that they could go to the hospital and the person working on them won't have a mask. <laughs> yeah. <So>. yeah. <laughs> well, Marlies, is there any advice that you can give to the listeners or anybody out there who may have experienced sexual abuse or any other type of abuse and is afraid to come out, is afraid to speak, or anybody out there who's experienced abuse and may feel bitter, uh, resentful, angry, and it hasn't been easy for them to let go of those feelings of anger, what advice would you give to them? 
um, the, the first thing I would say is you've got to find someone to talk to. I mean, and, and of course, since we can't right now do a group, you know, gathering, whether you can talk to someone in the house, whether you can journal, whether you, if you want to connect with me um, by email, by Facebook, by Instagram, by LinkedIn, by my website, if you want to connect with me and just get it, but you got to get it out because as long as it's inside you, it's going to have a measure of control. But when you expose it, that's the beginning of healing. And then be willing to, you know, work through the process, forgiving, um, acknowledging. And I think telling your story to somebody or writing it or however you want to do that is acknowledging. Because I think we go into denial. Um, it, for years, you know, I just hated people. That's where I would be like, what's wrong with you? Oh, I just hate people. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's very easy to turn to that out to turn to that mindset when everything that happened to you. And where for the listeners who don't know, where can they contact you? Okay. Um, my email is Marley is transformation speaks at Juno. I'm sorry, I got that all wrong. I just look at my husband. It's transformation speaks at yahoo.com. Transformation speaks is all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, my e my website is transformationspeaks.com. Uh, if you want to connect with my page, it's Transformation Speak. If you want to connect with me individually on Facebook, it's Servant Leader Marlise Hardeman. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's like trans, at Transformation Speaks One. Uh, LinkedIn is uh, Transformation Speaks. So if you keep com- typing Transformation you'll find me yeah Um, awesome and i'll make sure i'm gonna include all of those links (laughs) what was that i said just look for the butterfly (laughs) because that's the that's transformation butterfly hey Um, and and shout out to whoever made that logo (laughs) thank you so just connect with me. Uh, don't worry. A lot of people, the first thing they say is, you know, how much is it going to cost for me to talk to you? It's not going to cost you one dollar, one cent. In this age of economic uncertainty, the last thing I want to do is cause people more economic problems. So we can talk. I will listen, I will share, I will coach, I will do whatever you need me to do at no cost to you because I feel like that's my purpose. Uh, 
and I will make sure to include all of those links in the description. So if anybody wants to connect with you, they can. Marlies Hardman, CEO and founder of Transformation Speaks. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I look forward to, to reading more about the work that you continue doing. And I hope that you continue to give a voice to the voiceless and you continue to lift um, the spirits of anybody who has survived abuse. And thank you so much for opening up about your past. I know it's not easy. Thank you so much for the work that you do and turning a negative into an extreme positive to help out others. Well, thank you very much for having me. Hey, of course. Thank you so much. Yo, as always, thank you to everyone who supports the show and has shared the show with a friend or a loved one. A special thank you to our guest, Marlies Hardeman, the CEO and founder of Transformation Speaks, for coming on the show. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, everybody stay safe. This was a special bonus episode. So if you are listening to this Saturday night, this was a special episode. We still going to have the usual weekly episode with a dope, dope, dope guest tomorrow. If you are listening to this Sunday or you're listening to this anytime after, it doesn't really affect you. You just got more content to listen to. And like I said, we got more time to be inside. Let's take this time to be productive and to be with our loved ones. Stay safe, everybody. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A Pretty Normal Podcast. Twitter is Pretty Normal Pod. Message me if you'd like to come on the show or if there's a topic you want me to cover. My name is Xavier Diaz, and this was A Pretty Normal Podcast.